This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, we just got some big news out of Kentucky. Steve Kornacki is still at the big board. Steve, what's the latest? Yeah, our decision desk has now made it official and they are comfortable declaring... Last week, as I was watching election returns... There was this one result that seemed to captivate certain observers, the governor's race in Kentucky. This was a re-election for Democrat Andy Bashir, which is a big deal in a state that went for Donald Trump by 26 points. It is a wake-up call, I think, for the Republican Party, but it needs to be a wake-up call for the Democratic Party. Everybody needs to quit getting all panicky about next year. The fundamentals... The race was over way before bedtime, too. It was called by 930 The governor took the stage to the sound of supporters chanting his name. Thank you, Kentucky! Listening, it struck me that everyone in the state seems to be on a first-name basis with this guy. It's not bad if you can be a one-name political figure or a one-name celebrity. It worked for Cher. Yeah. John Nichols wrote about Andy Bashir over at The Nation. He says the first thing to know about him is that he's a politician's politician. He loves connecting with constituents, seems to be all over the state, all the time. Most times in a campaign, somebody will do a bus trip across a state or something like that one time. Andy Bashir, during just this recent campaign, did it repeatedly. He's built a politics around simply being there, being physically present all the time. And you saw that, by the way, in... Uh, exit interviews on election day, because there were literally people saying, you know, I don't really agree with him on everything, but, you know, boy, he was here the other day, or I, boy, when we had a flood, he was here and stuff like that. But John says this doesn't explain the governor's success entirely. And that's where the Andy Bashir story gets interesting. Because Bashir, he didn't run as a moderate. He ran as the candidate of reproductive rights, workers' rights. I read that Kentucky's been kind of a bellwether state. Like when it elects Democrats in these off-year elections, the next year the presidential race also goes to the Dems. Yep. Should Democrats be feeling reassured by this result? I think that, that yeah, there's no question that Democrats should feel somewhat reassured. When a Democrat wins for governor of Kentucky, what that means is that the Democratic brand is still viable and that, in fact, you know, you can, with the right candidate, the right circumstance, you can do pretty well. You don't think Andy Bashir is a bit of a unicorn? <laughs> of course he is. But every winning candidate is a bit of a unicorn, right? Today on the show, the rise of a red state Democrat and what it means for 2024 and beyond. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next? Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, 
everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Let's start off with a little biography. Who is Andy Bashir? Like, how did he first get into politics and get to the place he's in right now? Andy Bashir was born into politics. You know, he's the son of a former governor. And so he grew up in a household where politics was discussed around the table, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, presumably. His dad was a well-liked governor too, right? A two-termer, Steve Bashir. Steve Bashir, super popular and super smart, a really, really capable governor. And and Steve Bashir is not some ancient history governor of uh, Kentucky. He didn't serve in, you know, Decades ago, he was governor uh, during Barack Obama's presidency. He helped implement the Affordable Care Act. Well, he didn't just implement it. He did it smart. And I think this is the thing about Andy Bashir. He watched his father do things along the way. And so Steve Bashir knew that Barack Obama had not run particularly well in Kentucky. And so you got what was called nationally Obamacare. But of course, Steve Bashir implemented it as Kentucky Care. And just that subtle shift and a couple of other subtle moves somehow made it work. And so his dad was really skillful. And there was very little question that Andy Bashir was going to go into politics. And when the opening came uh, at a relatively young age, he ran for attorney general, a statewide post in uh, Kentucky, and he won. Now, the interesting thing is that when he ran for governor four years ago, uh, it was really at a point, kind of a low point for the Kentucky Democratic Party. Uh, Matt Bevan, a very conservative Republican, had won the governorship four years earlier. He was a pretty Trump-like guy, right? He's kind of like Trump on steroids. I mean, he was, Matt Bevan was a, uh, he was a very extreme right-wing Republican who wasn't particularly likable. And that's a notable thing. He, people, he bristled. He caused a lot of people to bristle. And there was a discomfort for, with him. And so there's pretty much an assumption that um, that Andy Bashir was going to run. And here's something that's important to understand about that race in, in 2019. Ultimately, Bashir pulled it off. He became governor. But what he was handed was not an easy opportunity because he became governor of Kentucky with an overwhelmingly Republican legislature no other statewide Democrats, and he was about to run into COVID-19. And in Kentucky, there were tornadoes, flooding, all sorts of natural disasters, too. Oh, yeah. It was, look, I mean, if you you look at the last four years in Kentucky with COVID, which was very tough, um, and then, yes, with natural disasters, floods, uh, you know, tornadoes, every kind of, of difficulty. Andy Bashir didn't get handed anything easy. And, and again, as I emphasize, he had a legislature that wasn't on his side, that was literally against him. And so Bashir had to, had to navigate a lot. He had to 
work his way through many, many challenging situations. And I'll emphasize that what he did or how he did that was by showing up. If there was trouble someplace, if there was a challenge someplace, he was there. In fact, you know, one of the jokes in Kentucky is if there's a flood or or tornado or something like that, that, uh, you know, Andy Bashir sometimes would get there before the, the rescue personnel. You know, he was on the scene, but he wasn't on the scene in some sort of showy politician trying to get a camera angle. He was there comforting people. And I, when I was down there, I heard a lot of stories from folks of, yeah, you know, he held my hand or he, he prayed with me or he, you know, he was, he was there. Did Bashir govern as a progressive during his first term? Pretty much. You know, but he wasn't able to do as as much as he wanted to do. Remember, overwhelmingly Republican, overwhelmingly conservative legislature. So an awful lot of what he had to do was veto. And he vetoed a anti-abortion law. Uh, he vetoed a anti-trans law. Did those vetoes last? No, he got overridden. Hmm. But he made his best effort. And here's the interesting thing. he When he did those vetoes, he talked about them. He was very, very clear uh, that he was doing it because of his uh, deep set of beliefs, he even spoke of his own personal faith. Yeah, he talked about when he when he vetoed the trans health care ban, he talked about people being children of God, right? Yes, yes. So he provided a counterpoint. He wasn't always able to beat the the right-wing agenda, especially on social issues, but he was able to raise the banner for for an alternative view. And I think that was that had meaning for a lot of Kentuckians. The other thing is that he he knew how to use his bully pulpit. Recently, when the United Auto Workers uh, went on strike, uh, one of the plants that was struck was in Kentucky and one of the facilities that was struck. And he was right there on the picket line with the striking workers, uh, very comfortably so. And it wasn't the first picket line he had been on. And so, yeah, I think it's fair to say he governed as a reasonably progressive governor, but um, uh, with a moderate image, even though many of his stands would fit pretty closely with what President Biden might do on, on a particular issue. And, you know, where, where it really hit the kind of sweet spot was on infrastructure. And Andy Bashir, if you were to ask people in Kentucky, I think they would tell you, well, he's an infrastructure governor. <laughs> this is a guy who's out there, you know, building bridges, fixing bridges, making sure roads are good. Uh, making sure there's funding to improve schools and hospitals and, and, and other facilities around the state. So tell me about how the race came together. Like, my understanding is, first of all, winning a second term is something of an anomaly for a governor in Kentucky. But then he was running against Daniel Cameron, this Republican who had a lot of support from Republican leaders, not just Trump, but he was a Mitch McConnell protege, right? Absolutely. Daniel Cameron, he is the sitting state attorney general. So he literally has the job that Andy Bashir had before Andy Bashir became governor. And he had close ties to Mitch McConnell, who, while Mitch McConnell is not entirely popular, even within the Kentucky Republican Party, he definitely pulls a lot of strings, and that was relevant. But the other thing was that uh, Cameron was very, very popular with a lot of the major donors, people that, that fund campaigns and political action committees. He would have been the first black governor of Kentucky, right? Yes. And there's a lot of people that were excited for him because of this notion that, you know, here was somebody who might be able to 
you know, build new coalitions who could cross some lines. And uh, Cameron's super uh, smart, uh, good, presented himself well, and you know, and as a speaker, as a candidate, you know, you, you kind of all the things that all the pieces that you'd want to have put together as a Republican nominee. But many of his efforts at outreach didn't go as well as as you might have hoped. What do you mean? Well, he's a black candidate for governor of the state. But as attorney general, um, his involvement in the Breonna Taylor case, the police shooting in Louisville, was not popular with the black community. I mean, he had he had been, you know, very, very I think he's seen as very supportive of the police. And in in that situation, that that didn't get him a lot of uh, a lot of entree there. Yeah, there were radio ads running saying skin folk ain't kin folk. What's up, Kentucky? It's election time, and all skin folks ain't kin folk. Over the past few years. I, I understand that's true. And so, how he tried to connect was by being very, very socially conservative, extremely socially conservative. That seemed to be the, something that Andy Bashir could run against. And Andy Bashir did indeed do that. He sought to portray Daniel Cameron as an extreme right wing conservative, and particularly on the issue of abortion. And abortion became, you know, a real kind of uh, central issue in this race in Kentucky. In his acceptance speech, Governor Bashir did not talk about divisive issues like abortion. His main focus was on bringing people together. Tonight, Kentucky made a choice. A choice not to move to the right or to the left but to move forward for every single family. In an interview with the Associated Press later, though, Bashir himself credited his victory to an ad he released. It featured a woman who'd been raped as an adolescent by her stepfather. She was talking about why she opposed Kentucky's abortion ban. This is to you, Daniel Cameron. To tell a 12-year-old girl she must have the baby of her stepfather who raped her is unthinkable. But even though talking about abortion may have helped Bashir, when I asked John Nichols, will the governor be able to do anything for women like this one who helped keep him in office? He said, no, not much, you know, not unless the legislature shifts. And so you have this this great battle over um, who controls the levers of power. Right. And so there's two ways that that things could shift in Kentucky. One is, of course, that the you know, Democrats really build their way back and, and become, uh, once again, a viable party in the state legislature. That's a lot of work and a really tough game. The other is, of course, if the, the U.S. Supreme Court changes. And, of course, that is also a lot of tough work and, and, and a hard game. And so— Does that make Andy Bashir's victory kind of hollow? No, I don't think so. Look, I think at the end of the day, America's a great big country with a lot of different places and a lot of different candidates running in a lot of different ways. And so I think if we understand that in context, what you're going to realize is, yes, you're going to have Democratic governors in very, very Republican or red states, and they're going to be able to do some things, maybe ease the burden to some extent, but are they going to be able to actually rewrite the pages of history? Not immediately and not easily. And so this is an ongoing, deep political fight that's going to play out in state after state, and it won't necessarily be settled on any particular day. Uh, but again, to take us back to Kentucky, what's important to understand is that Bashir didn't run away from this issue. He, he ran to it and he talked about it in, in deep uh, fundamental ways and, and he won. 
We'll be right back after a break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. John Nichols says there are things about Andy Bashir's victory that are replicable, and there are things that aren't. For example, being the son of political royalty, that is hard to manufacture. But the way Bashir connected with his constituents in person, and often, that is something almost anyone can do. And then there's abortion. Some Democrats have pointed out, it's not that Bashir was all that progressive on reproductive rights. He mostly talked about making the procedure more available to survivors of abuse. But John says it was the way Bashir spoke about hot-button issues that made all the difference. It seemed genuine, from the heart. One of the things that he did was talk about his faith and talk about his religion. He brought it into his discussions of these issues, of all these issues, be it, you know, issues for working folks, be it social issues, be it, you know, whatever, whatever issue there was. And, and I think that's, that's something that, again, can you replicate that in every politician? No, obviously not. But if you're recruiting candidates, if you're looking around, you know, for candidates to run in particular places, that's something you ought to look for. Right. You ought to look for people who are comfortable speaking in the long form about challenging, sometimes divisive, sometimes difficult issues. And Bashir is pretty good at that. Yeah. I mean, you compared what happened with Andy Bashir to what happened in Mississippi with Brandon Presley, who also a Democrat, also ran as a populist, but ran as a pro-life conservative and sort of was some Democrats struggled with that. Like, how do we support someone who's pro-life, who would be a Democrat? And obviously a Democrat would be good for us in Mississippi. But he lost. And I think you've looked at that and you've said, this is an important contrast to draw to just show what's working and what's not. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I went down, I was in Kentucky at some, and I was also in Mississippi some. And in Mississippi, I talked to a lot of folks about 
Brandon Presley's identification of himself as a pro-life Democrat. And I heard from a lot of folks who were backing him, in fact, backing him quite strongly, that they weren't, they didn't agree with him. But there was this feeling that Mississippi was such a socially conservative state that you just had to do that. It was sort of a uh, an entry point, you know, that if, if you weren't against abortion rights, then you wouldn't be heard on other issues. But I'm not necessarily sure that that's true. I think that it would have been interesting if Brandon Presley had run as a supporter of choice. Here's my sense. He got 47% of the vote. It was a quite successful run, uh, but it just didn't win. And then you say, well, where, where did it work and where didn't it work? Here's where it gets interesting. In the suburban areas, and, and Mississippi has suburban areas around Jackson and around, you know, south of Memphis up there. And some of these suburban areas, he didn't run all that well. Brandon Presley didn't. Hmm. And this is the interesting thing. Across the country, Democrats who are running as pro-choice candidates have made real inroads in the suburbs. That's been the, where they've, you know, kind of closed the deal, if you will. And so there's an interesting question of whether had Brandon Presley run as a pro-choice Democrat, might have been able to do better in those suburbs. Sounds like you're saying Andy Bashir kind of has the winning recipe, but if you look at Brandon Presley, he only followed like half of it. So that may, may not come out as well. Yeah, look, but we have to be honest about the different politics of different states too, right? And so, I mean, you know, there are people in Kentucky who told me, yeah, look, Kentucky's a, a little bit more moderate, a little bit more liberal, maybe even on some issues uh, than Mississippi. And so it's it's complex. It's it's hard to deal with. In, but I would say, I would say that that I doubt that Brandon Presley got any additional votes or he got many additional votes because he identified as a pro-life Democrat. I think people who were, you know, anti-choice and voting on those issues, they voted for Tate Reeves, the Republican governor who was absolutely all in as an anti-choice. He wasn't peeling anybody off. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, and and again, he would tell you differently. But again, also for Andy Bashir, I think that he was really, Andy Bashir was really in touch with where he was at on this issue. And he spoke about it, I think, in a very effective way that, that really did resonate um, with a lot of voters in Kentucky. You've made this point that Andy Bashir is kind of singular in Kentucky. He's like the Democrat. Some people have said he is the Democratic Party. Is he doing things to increase the bench? Because it seems to me that if it's just him, he can't carry that on his own. He won't be able to be effective, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, he's he has to uh, figure out a way to get more Democrats elected to the state legislature uh, if he wants to to effectively govern. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have Democratic majorities in the in the state house, but you you've got to have an, enough Democrats there to work with some of your more you know road and bridge Republicans. And so yeah, I mean he he's got work to do. There's no question. But remember, this is the complexity. Andy Beshear is the only statewide elected Democrat in Kentucky at this point. In fact, if you look at the rest of the ticket, Bashir won, you know, reasonably comfortably. The rest of the ticket lost pretty badly. And so there's a there's a real gap there. Yeah, for Democrats, I, I worry a little bit that Andy Bashir is the exception that proves the rule, <laughs> that they're not doing great. But politics is all about the exception that proves the rule, right? I mean, that's that's the nature of the game. You know, otherwise, we would just have automatons running 
you know, on, on each party line and, you know, they'd get, they'd just take the office because it was their turn or something like that. Uh, in, in politics, we're always looking for the individual who can take their party to a higher place than it would usually be expected to get. And when they do, then we start to ask all the questions you've been asking. You know, can that individual build the rest of the party out? Can that individual go uh, to higher office, to the national level? Are there lessons you can take? And the truth is that with Andy Bashir, there are plenty of lessons, right? Um, and there's some of the oldest lessons in politics. Be likable, <laughs> work hard, show up. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are the basics. Keep it simple, stupid. Well, a little bit. And then one other thing, find out, figure out how to talk about hot-button issues in ways that many in your party haven't figured out how to do. John, I'm so grateful for your time. Thanks for doing it. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be with you. John Nichols is a national affairs correspondent for The Nation. And that's our show. What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Madeline Ducharme, and Anna Phillips. We are led by Alicia Montgomery, with a little help from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.